This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Hi everyone, it's Alice Cash from Jubilance for PMS, and welcome to Weekly Woman. So excited to have you here today. Today we're talking about self-care, whether that's self-care during this pandemic or self-care always. We have an interesting show today. First, we're going to talk about self-care during isolation and how you can kind of work it a little bit more and tips and tricks to help with that from our resident therapist, Becca Lantry. And then we're going to be talking to Mary Hendra, who is an amazing woman living in LA, and she's going to talk to us about her projects that she's starting right now and how it can alleviate stress with creativity. So listen in. Most of us are now approaching the nine-month mark of our isolation and social distancing due to COVID-19. You have likely been juggling many things while trying to adjust to a sense of normalcy during these unprecedented times. You may have found yourself in a new role as educator while parenting full-time, worrying about employment, struggling with loneliness, or even just wondering when things will return to what you knew before. Whatever your circumstances may be, now can be a good time to receive a reminder to keep up with caring for yourself. Here are some attainable tips to maintain your self-care while you're still distancing. Body scanning. Take a moment to just check in with yourself. It can be vital in revealing what you might need. If you're beginning to feel a bit overwhelmed or overtired, then snag a peaceful spot in your home and sit comfortably. If you feel like you might not have too much time, you can set a timer on your phone for one to three minutes. Close your eyes and take some deep breaths. Then simply scan through your body and see if you have any aches, pains, or needs that may need addressing. The purpose of this is to become attuned to your needs and to prioritize them. Eat good food. If you haven't been able to go to the grocery store as much as you would have liked within the past few months, then perhaps you have been hitting the takeout a bit harder, which is totally fine. I have definitely been doing that. However, now that a bit more time has passed, nine months, horrible, horrible. Taking the time to at least have one to two meals per week that are nutrient-dense can be a monumental change in caring for yourself, and you'll feel good too. Move your body. Staying inside might have altered your regular exercise routine. Maybe you'll miss going to group classes, running outside, swimming, or any other way that you used to move outside of your home. Major fatigue may already set in because you have no actual places to be. So it can be so it can take a little extra effort to keep yourself moving, and so it's worth it for your overall well-being, especially your mental wellness. So in order to either get back into the routine or maintain your routine that you already have, try an online workout class, something different than you've been doing for the last nine months. Do some stretching during a commercial break of your favorite show or go for a stroll. Go somewhere that you haven't been. Go, for a, go, go off to a park and go on a little trek for like 15 minutes. That's all you have to do. Just try something different and different with your physicality to break up the routine. Treat yourself. Have you been missing your monthly pedicure, massage, or facial? Oh my god, I really need a pedicure so badly. I 
would do almost anything for one except for get a pedicure during a pandemic. But even if your skill set is not quite at the professional level, try and take some time to do what you can to pamper yourself. Paint your nails, do a face mask, take a longer shower and exfoliate, or even you can do that hair mask that you've been wanting to try. Even if you have nowhere to go, it's important to feel as much like yourself as you can. If that means keeping up your beauty care routine, then go for it. Or just try something new and maybe you'll feel great. Anyway, we have an amazing woman for you on the show next. Mary Hindra is incredible and I'd love to introduce her now. Mary Hindra is a Los Angeles-based program director at Facing History and Ourselves, where she serves over a thousand schools, reaching 500,000 students each year in Southern California. She recently started Move with Grace, a unique masterclass designed to find clarity and regain power in our world through stillness, creativity, and community. She's also a part of the leadership team of Elevate LA, an active facilitator for a Next Big Idea book group, and runs an amazing podcast book club where we first met. And she also spent time in what was then the Soviet Union with a family of four generations of women. Welcome, Mary. We're so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to be here. Thank you for being here. Um, we just kind of start off with some more fun questions. Um, so what is your favorite word in the dictionary? I have the, the first word that comes to mind is the word flummoxed, which I discovered in college. And I think that like I resonate with it all the time. And then like just complete like, oh, like what am I going to do next? <laughs> I think that's such a good word. It kind of is like that onomatopoeia in a way because you're just flummoxed. You're just, and it's not used nearly enough, right? Yeah. I, I should use that way more. <laughs> and since you have this podcast book club, what is your favorite podcast for just for fun? Yeah, just for fun. And the one that I, I got hooked on early in my podcast listening is Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, which... I mean, I, uh, I started teaching about Harry Potter when it would not stay on my shelves as a teacher. Um, and these two former divinity students from Harvard go through chapter at a time and they connect to current events and they talk about their personal stories and they just, uh, it's just a really lovely podcast that is a great release for me when I, when I need to step back from everything else going on in my world. That's so cool. That sounds perfect for right now. <laughs> and Harry Potter always. <laughs> yeah. There's so, much, there's so much resonance in different ways, right? And, you know, controversy too. It's, so it's like, it's perfectly poised for like, really diving in deep and saying, okay, like, it's not perfect, a perfect world. That's like a world. So we can learn from it. Yeah. That makes complete sense. Yeah. And can, can you talk about what's your favorite podcast for your podcast book club or pod club? Yeah. Well, and which is hard because every time we meet, then women share the podcast they're listening to. So every month I get new podcasts that I want to listen to. Right. Um, but there was one uh, time where, where one of the people who had been on a previous uh, monthly call recommended the podcast Happiness Lab with Lori Santos. And so a couple months later, we chose the theme of joy as our you know, theme for like 
let's explore podcasts that tell us about joy. And so I put that one in there and it gave me an opportunity to listen to it. And I listened to an episode that was like, ditch the alarm clock, which is always <laughs> a good plan for me. Um, and so um, it, was, it was a really nice combination of the science behind and very practical ideas and just compassion for you know, being, being a human in this world. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, we're all going to have to listen to that, especially now in this crazy <laughs> time we're living in. I think it's going to be a good one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite place you've ever traveled? I love traveling too. So this is, you know, I've already seen these questions. Like my, my issue, I have so many interests, right? Perfect. All these passions. Um, I do love traveling. I will say though, probably my favorite is my, my mom grew up in Switzerland. And while what? I did not grow up in Switzerland, like it has a, an extra special place in my heart and the best chocolate store in the entire world. So. Oh my gosh. That's a reason to just like live there forever. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. My sister is actually living there right now. She's in Dunigan, oh. um, next to Bern. I don't know. Okay. Where did you, where did your mom grow up? She grew up in Zurich and okay. that is where the Springley main chocolate store is that I heartily recommend. My sister and I will also um, spent a summer there one year at a finishing school for young women. Wow. Um, we did not do very well in the finishing <laughs> school. Um, in fact, you know, got in trouble and, you know, all sorts of things. I think we even broke one of the beds, but um, <laughs> we did learn a little bit of German and a little bit of French um, and made some good friends from other parts of the wow. world. Wow. Wait, I have so many questions. What <laughs> earn at a finishing school? <laughs> Well, during the summer, they really focus more on language. So it was okay. foreign language. Um, during, during the school year, they tried to like sneak in some different things about like, how do you present yourself as a young woman? Wow. Didn't go over very well. I was in middle school. So I, mean, I, could, I really just you know, wasn't as interested in those ones. Those lessons didn't stick, but a little That's bit amazing. of German, a little bit of French. I just like, I have only heard of those in a fairy, like fairy tales, but <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> okay. So you're living in LA now. Um, <laughs> can you talk about like, what are some of your favorite parts of the city? Yeah. And so I, one of the things I love about Los Angeles is that you can find everything here. And there are so many different people, different activities, different practices, different beliefs. Um, and I just, I'm super curious. So I love finding new things and whether it's environmental and great mountains, beaches, all of that, or like the cultural events. Um, I, I just, I find it all fabulous. How is it feeling right now during like COVID? How has the city changed? So now it's definitely a tough time. And I live in downtown Los Angeles. Um, so downtown has been hard hit by, you know, the shifts in people's lives. So where there once was a lot of activity during the day, you know, people are working from home. And there is a, a residential community in downtown, um, mm. but it's not large enough to sustain all of the restaurants and retail. So um, there is much that is boarded up. Um, and you know, a lot of small business owners who are, who are struggling during this time. Um, so very different, very different feel than the activity and vibrancy that it, it usually had. A year oh ago. man. 
Yeah, because LA, like you said, it has everything. It has the beach and it has the mountains. And um, do you have a favorite restaurant that we should all like try and get to if we're in LA? I do. Um, my favorite restaurant in downtown LA is a little hole in the wall called Woodspoon. Hmm. Um, it is a Brazilian restaurant and Ooh. the owner, you know, came from Brazil is one of the sweetest women that I know. Um, and she's a fabulous cook and her, um, her Brazilian chicken pot pie was featured on the TV show. The best thing I ever ate. Huh. Um, it's really unique. What we also love, though, is just going there for, um, you know, they have great Brazilian grill. They have some vegetarian, you know, options. Um, and Natalia just creates a beautiful, compassionate space to bring people together. What is it again? The Wooden Spoon? It's called Wood Spoon. Wood Spoon. I think oh. the website is woodspoonla.com. But oh, amazing. I have to try that pot pie now. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sounds so good. <laughs> That's amazing. And what have you been up to during quarantine? Sure. Um, so I have, I'm working from home as well. So I've been, you know, at, at home doing things. Um, <laughs> I, um, I find like a number of different things that, that really captivate my heart and keep me, you know, doing different things. So I do love reading, um, particularly reading with my husband. And I can highly recommend the book reading, uh, running with Sherman. When huh. I like, give that one a big shout out, it's like a donkey with a heart and <laughs> is a really great, like human story and read aloud story. If you have anybody you read aloud with, um, oh. I, I've also been like, for me during quarantine, it's been really important to stay connected with people. Um, and you mentioned Elevate Network and the pod club. Um, I really, you know, want to make sure that during this time I was connecting with other women and contributing. And, and it's been during that time that I like leaned into that and said, like, let me help more and let me, you know, help bring more events. Cause I, I know virtual mm -hmm. events. I do a lot of virtual events anyway. Um, and then my, um, like sanity keeper throughout is, is crafting and painting and being, wow. You know, like it cre having different things that I create and I'm not necessarily very good at any of them, but I do like creating and there's something that is really calming for me about huh. getting a ball of yarn or getting some beads or, or, you know, getting out. I, well, I paint with my hands as often as I paint with a brush. Wow. But, you know, that kind of thing. What, what have you been painting? Do you just paint like landscapes or modern or I <laughs> more abstract <laughs> painting sounds so much more formal than what I, I um I use paint on stuff <laughs> that's so cool the, the more accurate way to say it um and so like sometimes it creates more images but sometimes it's just like getting like paint into you know different places so that I can um you know, process things while I'm, and think about things while I'm painting. That's so cool. Wow. Yeah. wow. That's really interesting. Oh, yeah. I, I found that like, I didn't have any hobbies before this and, uh, cause I was just too busy, like never sitting down, but now I have a thousand. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, Oh, let me try knitting. Let me try like beading. Um, we're I'm all still, gonna need bigger houses I know. For, for hobbies. <laughs> I'm still on the like knitting one square, but like I, I can't knit anything else but a square. So right now it's like a blanket. I did a scarf. 
but <laughs> my uh, my uh, mother-in-law is the first one who taught me to um, work with yarn she crocheted and so she oh, taught me how cool. to crochet and her first role was only flat things <laughs> so that's where I'm at <laughs> that's awesome um and since you're working from home can you tell us a little bit about your profession your professional journey I know you've been at facing history you've been a teacher and you're kind of moving yeah. into some different spheres can you talk a little yeah. bit about it sure and what else is like I've so my career has been has included like a really strong base in civic engagement and in education like from when I first graduated from college and I worked for the County of Los Angeles, which, um, which actually just made history cool. now that they, uh, as of the last election, they are a fully female board of supervisors. What? That's awesome. Huge. I'm so proud of them and proud of us, right? Um, but when I was there, there was one female supervisor, Gloria Molina. Uh, um, and, and so that's where I started with really like a heart of serving my community and bringing people together, um, and then transitioned into teaching, um, in part through some volunteer work with the LA Commission on Assaults Against Women in their teen abuse prevention program, program where, you know, like wow. tough topic, but really trying to say like, we can have healthier relationships. Um, I, it, along the way became certified in mediation and and facilitated victim offender mediations where there were youth offenders. Mm. Um, and I will say like, while I have not done that profession in a while or even as a volunteer for a while, the skills of really listening to people and bringing people together has been something I've used. And I'll say like professionally, like I am still 100% committed to civic engagement, to, um, to raising the voices of those who have been marginalized. Um, and to education. Um, but I also, a few years ago, I started just feeling a bit more impelled to be more visible in the world. Um, which I'll say, like, as someone who is cool, a shy introvert, that was a strange thing. <laughs> like, pushing myself a little bit out of my comfort zone. Um, but, it's, uh, but it's been really interesting. And that, that's where Move With Grace came from. Amazing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, what is Move With Grace? Um, so Move With Grace is my kind of creation and sharing a bit more of, in some ways, of how I move through the world. Um, it's a recognition that we all face transitions that can raise our anxiety and stress. I think we've all seen that this year, like on a, on a global level, like the things that have caused that transitions we did not ask for and seek. When I was starting to, you know, think about this and talk about it, it was more in line with thinking of personal transitions, right? Whether it's um, whether it's a, a loss of a loved one that leads us to a different personal. Uh, different personal space, whether it's a professional transition with a career pivot, um, but those transitions that cause us to really like look within ourselves and make a new choice can sometimes feel really painful. Mm -hmm. And so um, what I had found for me was that tapping into not just verbal, not just like, okay, you know, like journal about it. I'm like, yeah, like there's a blank page every day in my, <laughs> <laughs> that was not sufficient to me. And I, you know, like just recognize like, we don't, we don't always think in words, right? Our thinking, our processing mm -hmm. happens long before we have the words to articulate them. 
So how do we tap into that? Like how, and I think a lot of people talk about like the physical or, you know, sometimes going for a run helps or, excuse me, or, you know, doing yoga helps. Um, and that is definitely like part of our kinesthetic, you know, processing, but there's, there's more than that. Um, and I think we don't, we don't stop doing physical exercise when we realize we are not going to be a professional athlete. <laughs> many of us stop using paint, being visual, being uh, aesthetic when we're like, yeah, I'm not an artist. Right? Yeah. So, so move with grace and changes that. This is we're not being artists. It's not about that, but let's use all the tools available to us mm. when we are faced with these painful transitions so that we can make it through in a way that's true to ourselves. That's interesting. So that's your part. That's like create creativity um, with using the paint to like understand these trans. Okay. So can you talk a little bit about like those three words that you chose for move with grace, creativity, stillness, and community? What brought you to those specifically? Yeah. So, and you're right, the, the creativity, like it's paint. I also do some things that's like more kinesthetic with paper and, huh. and collage and glue and, you know, different things that way. Um, and even just sometimes like manipulating our words rather than, um, you know, just writing them in a linear mm. fashion. Um, so that is creativity. And it's, and it's a, a double use because I've also found that like when my professional team is struggling to be more innovative, like these kind of things, strategies help build wow. creativity too. So it's, it's creativity both in tool and in uh, result. That's and, so cool. Um, and then I will say um, community uh, comes in part from seeing, you know, the, the impact of relationships. And for me, that started in, in what was then the Soviet Union, as you mentioned in my bio, um, with um, really building different, a different kind of relationship between women, and then using that to think about how do I build community with my coworkers, with my community, as a teacher, with other teachers, as a, as a leader in education. Um, and it, it then dovetails with stillness. And I do want to read, a, a, there's someone that I um, really enjoy what they write about stillness, and that's Ryan Holiday. And, and I think like when, I, when I'm thinking of stillness, this is the kind of definition I think of. Um, so he wrote at one point that it includes to be steady while the world spins around you, to act without frenzy, to hear only what needs to be heard, that quiet moment when inspiration hits you, the ability to step back and reflect, making room for gratitude and happiness. Mm. So that was, that's like my definition goes with that. And, and in like a quick term, I think for me, it's like, it's how do you find that sense of calm, even in chaos? And between what I saw in the Soviet Union and wow. this kind of like, like we create it, right? Huh. It's creating that sense of calm and chaos. Wow. I, I think there's such a need for stillness right now. And, and I think for some of us, like we're experiencing it for the first time. Um, I know like just living in New York city, it's like all about like this frenetic energy of like, how can you be doing a million things at once, but then to have to pause because of COVID, I think is a really interesting concept and like think about our lives and like what, 
what are we up to? What is, what is going on? And to have that moment, yeah. I think is really interesting. Um, There's a, another uh, quote, I don't have it in front of me, but that reminded me of, of um, the links to music, right? And mm. I played music for many years. I played piano and then learned the guitar when I was in Russia. And, and, um, and this quote says something to the effect of, um, like, there's no, there's no sound, there's no music in the pause and the rest that you might see on a score, a musical score, but there is music in the making of it. And in <gasps> that sense of, like, when you think about those beautiful musical pieces, if there was not a rest, if there were not pauses in that music, we wouldn't be able to take in the rest of the the gorgeousness of that music and, yeah. and I think sometimes you know it's parallel for us in our lives if we never if we never have that pause like we aren't our full selves we aren't giving everything we can people can appreciate it if mm -hmm. you know if we don't have that it is part of life it's not a withdrawal from wow that's a really lovely view to to think about um yeah having that fermata and you just have to like <laughs> sit and wait. Um, I guess that's what we're all in right now, but how can, <laughs> how can we take something away from that? Which I think is yeah. interesting in what you're saying. How can we like use this stillness to move forward or think about something in a different way, which is cool. So we've got to stop and talk about our sponsor, Jubilance for PMS. It's a daily supplement that helps you be you. Jubilance is an over-the-counter nutritional supplement shown in clinical trials to relieve the emotional symptoms of PMS. That means less stress, anxiety, and more of getting back to your life. You deserve to be your best self all month long. And thanks to modern science, PMS is now optional. It's the first and only product for emotional PMS backed by real science with double-blind, placebo-controlled, peer-reviewed studies. And it works. I work for Jubilance because I'm here to help women, and this is the real deal. Jubilance isn't just a product, it's a global mission to make PMS mood swings a thing of the past. The Jubilance Sisterhood is a movement of thousands of strong women escaping the PMS struggle with science, sharing, and communal support. We're here for you each week with stories of amazing women, your weekly playlist on Spotify, and for you to dish and cry about periods on our Facebook group. So why not give Jubilance a try? Go to www.jubilance.com to learn more. Um, but what brought you to the Soviet Union? Can you talk a little bit more <laughs> about go, that? Yeah, go How there. long were you there? You learned guitar? <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> so, um, so I lived in, um, I went, I actually went three times. So the first Whoa. time was when I was in college. Um, I went for four months. This was the, I mean, the first one I could, I mean, how do you end up? you end up there for me it started in high school so mm. i was in high school when ronald reagan was president i know that's like putting me but you already knew i was in that group because of the name soviet union um so my social studies teachers would echo what president reagan said in calling it the evil empire I, I have to say like i am not russian there are no russian roots in my family that i have ever discovered but there was something in my little heart that was like, I just can't believe that people are that bad. Hmm. I was a junior in high school at that point. 
I chose a college that had an abroad program where I could go to Russia. Wow. And learn Russian. I, I spent three years studying Russian so that when I went there, I would understand people and their own language language. My communication got better over the time, but the, my, yeah. my priority was understanding them, not being able to communicate my ideas. So it was all right. Um, <laughs> and, and I chose a program, which this was perhaps one of the hardest things at that time. I chose a program where I would live with a family wow um in the dorms and at that point because of the structure right in most cases there was a lot of separation um now we were pretty sure that one of our professors was also a kgb agent and we knew that all of our mail got opened before it got to us like those are just things you lived with um but i but i like I lucked out. I lived with a family that was not trying to marry me to their son. That was um, a mother and daughter were the ones I lived with. Um, and they, they were part of four generations of women. So grandmother and great grandmother were wow. alive, but not in our home. Um, and so they, um, you know, I was there. So they, they taught me how to play the guitar. Cause at that point, like you didn't go out for entertainment. So like, people would come over and you'd end up with three guitars and everybody singing Russian folk songs and Beatles wow. songs. Those were the like the most <laughs> things. Um, and a few American anti-war songs. I'm not huh. sure how those came in, but that's like, that was the repertoire. Um, wow. And they taught me, they taught me so much when I was there. Um, and then I went back um, three years later when I was getting my master's degree in international public administration. Amazing. Um, and at that point, I was working for the County of Los Angeles. So my my master's thesis compared Russian and American local government. Um, so I was huh. there when uh, Yeltsin was president. Um, he During the time I was there, um, the new constitution came out. So I got to study that for the country. Um, I was also in the country when Yeltsin dissolved parliament and sent tanks rolling down the street. Oh my gosh. Um, I fortunately for long reasons like we'd need another podcast um i had decided to at that right before that thing the weekend before i had decided to move from moscow back to st petersburg which had become gone from leningrad to st petersburg the family i had lived with the first time was in st petersburg um so i had decided to move back to them um and uh gratefully was there during during the upheaval um the first shots fired at as a result of, of you know, the, the um, unrest were wow. actually at the metro stop that I had walked to every morning in Moscow. Oh my um, gosh. And I instead was in St. Petersburg with an amazing woman um, who had gone through her own travails during the, the upheaval, um, but was, was uh, safe at that time. Um, and then four years later, I went back just for three weeks just to visit them. So. Wow. That's amazing. And what were the biggest differences and similarities that you saw between the women um, that you were staying with? I'll say one of the things for me that was a big contrast. um, I grew up like everything about my dad, right? Like my, my Mm. dad and I were very close. And so, um, and I love my mother, I love my sister, but my dad and I were the ones that were the closest relation. And, and, you know, and he had raised us, both my sister and I to know, like, we could do anything that a, that a guy could do. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and that in some ways was the, the, 
the feminism right of that and my my mom was amazing she broke so many glass ceilings professionally right so i had you know, grown up with that in in the soviet union what i saw was that the women were like they had an entirely different different definition of feminism um hmm. but they were such like bedrock power that with the country country literally crumbling around them politically economically i mean we had food shortages i would stand in line for 2 hours to get into a grocery store wow. grocery store you know, like toilet paper shortages like <laughs> we had nothing on them right you know like wow um, remarkable like what was passed off as toilet paper during that time because it just wasn't available right um it was the women in the society who would keep things together and keep families together but keep the society moving um through you know business deals over the kitchen table and through like you know guiding people in what they should be doing next or you know how they should prepare in you know, like making making their own like you know deals and functions and and even even when things like uh, the second the second time I was there the the city was shutting down water on a regular basis like your water and your in your entire wow. like, multiple block radius would be shut down for like two weeks right like if it was one day like okay like you don't yeah. have a shower that day it's two weeks so um but you know what like we we would connect the like my Svetlana was amazing like we'd invite ourselves over to another woman's house for tea and a shower wow <laughs> and it was like this is how like the government may not be working right now our infrastructure may not be working right now but women were going to keep society moving in whatever ways were necessary wow that's amazing <laughs> it's it's so comparable to now but still but so different too like yeah we have nothing on the toilet paper shortages we had <laughs> we created that ourselves yeah that was just oh <laughs> Um, yeah. So you'd also asked about you know similarities. I um I mean, the differences were so so stark there. I started with this, but I mean similarities. Like we we really are all like people that are making those connections, right? Mm -hmm. And so um my little you know high school heart was vindicated, right? The people were not bad, right? It, yes, there were political strife and political differences, but the individuals, right? They, when they invited you into their home, it didn't matter that there were shortages and you know you couldn't get milk without a doctor's note. You had a child under the age of three and these different things. Like I didn't, wow. I never saw chicken in a store, but I saw it when I was invited over to people's homes, and that like connection, I I see it in Elevate Network, right, where women are willing to just like help each other out. I see it in you know in teaching in education right with everything that teachers are giving for their students um and and it was in my experience in russia as well all three times of individuals who like that's what it means to be human is you connect with people and you form things together and you care about each other wow that's amazing and i think something that kind of ties together um something that we always ask about on this podcast is what is your definition of womanhood and you kind of gave a definition for just a human being but um yeah. what would you say is womanhood um so 
I, I would say, and I will shift it a little bit, but I would say like womanhood is powerful. Like womanhood is like the strength to be the connectors if, that, that form the fabric of a society and that keep mm. us grounded um, and l- allow us to move forward. And, and my shift is that I would say um, that that's how I now define femininity mm. and it is available to everyone. Yeah. That, that makes so much sense. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you had any advice to um, a woman that you just met on the street um, and you just had like a few sentences to give her, what would you say to her? Yeah, um, I would say to lean into who you are as a woman. Um, I have definitely had experiences um, where like I was trying to either fit into a male definition of success um, mm. or had male mentors who meant well, but their, um, their way of doing things is not my way of doing things. Um, and so, you know, as an example, one of my first mentor teachers, like he, he was a, he was a coach too, right? So if a student was not behaving, he would say, like, drop and give me 20. Like, I have no, no zero, <laughs> like, credibility to even say that phrase, like, 20 what? I don't know, yeah. like, you know? Like, <laughs> but that's okay, right? And as I grew into who I was and how I could be in the world, um, it is absolutely possible to be both strong and feminine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what we, I mean, it's part of what we bring to the world. It's definitely part of what I try and do with Move With Grace is really, you know, giving that space for us to grow in community, for us to lean into who we authentically are and grow the strength from that to take action. Um, Hmm. So um, lean into who you are as a woman. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mary. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to add to our listeners? Um, yeah, well, first off, I just, I want to thank you again for inviting me to be on this podcast. <laughs> this has been super fun to talk. And I, um, I really appreciate that. I probably like you know, all sorts of off track. From oh, I love how we were going to go. It was great. <laughs> um, but I, I will also say, um, you know, I think uh, for your listeners as well, um, I, I put together something that I think can help if you are like me, like flummoxed and, (laughs) you know, are at any point like in trying to deal with all of this stuff that we have, all of the anxiety and stress that comes from outside and internal, um, and have just had like one of those really bad days. Um, I highly recommend like remembering you have all of these tools available. Your journal does not need to be just words. You can, you can use different things. And if you, you need extra help in doing that, um, I, you know, put something together that I can give to your listeners. Amazing. Um, and how can they find out about your work? Sure. So the resource I just mentioned, you can get, I created a tiny URL. So it's tinyurl.com slash mkhendra. And you can also follow me on Instagram at mkhendra, which is where I, like, I try to have like some of my, my multi-passionate, like all of these different things that are me. So you'll see some randomness there, but I, I do pretty consistently try and share ideas for for journaling in different ways to be able mm-hmm. to um to really like, create more clarity for yourself and and therefore take action so that you're not stuck 
Perfect. Thank you so much, Mary. It was so lovely to have you on. Thank you. Thanks again for having me. 